Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 307 RPG Podcast. This is a very special episode in that we have Noxweiler Ignatius Burr from Hunter Entertainment joining us to talk about the game Gods of Metal Ragnarok that is currently on Kickstarter. Nox, how you doing? I'm well, thank you. Um, I apologize for the, the temporal confusion. Actually, it worked out really well, because I think otherwise you'd have just been sitting here going, wow, I'm just sitting here wasting my time. No, I don't believe so at all. I Like, I really do uh, enjoy listening to Chris talk about Altered Carbon. Uh, the man has a lot of knowledge. He's been doing this for quite some time, and I know that they've put a lot of love and care into that. It was a little before my time with Hunters, but I, uh, I'm a big fan of the product, and I was really excited when it came out. I watched that show pretty much all in, in two sittings for both seasons. Um, you know, uh, binged both of those, but, um, yeah, no, we're, we're excited about what altered carbon's doing. And I'm super excited to talk to all of you about Ragnarok. So thanks for having me. Oh, well, thank you for joining us. Um, real quick, why don't you tell people who you are, maybe dive into your background a little bit and what you, what all you're involved in. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Uh, my name is Knoxweiler Burf and I am the development uh, associate with Hunter's Entertainment. I come from a really long line of, uh, game game creation that has has been kind of ongoing now for for many many years um i started out uh kind of scrubbing around gen cons when i was very young and uh uh started to kind of latch on to the idea that this sort of a thing when it comes to game design is is something that can actually be uh turned into a career if you if you want it badly enough and you're willing to take some bruises and maybe eat a little less every once in a while um, and uh, just kind of be flexible with the process as you're learning. But I, uh, I moved out to Los Angeles uh, around, I'm going to say 2005. I think that's correct. Around 2005. And I started working within the film industry. And while I was doing that, I was doing all of the side gigs that I do to try to uh, try to make my game design dreams come true and uh, ended up hooking up with uh, Ivan Van Norman uh, on the, uh, through some friends on the set of uh, King of the Nerds. And then through that, we, we obviously had a lot in common and, and shared a love of gaming and, and had a lot of conversations around how, uh, how gaming can be transformative, how it can uh, you know, really affect people in different ways and started talking about the games that we love. And then we started talking about the games that he was making. And then uh, one Gen Con, I, I hunted him down. I was like, hey, what's going on, man? Let's, let's go grab some beers. And uh, happened to uh, get introduced at that point to Chris. And Chris and Ivan, as you know, are the keystones for Hunter's Entertainment. And uh, ever since then, that, that company has been growing and they have been putting more and more effort into new and innovative properties and, and IP and have uh, kind of snowballed forward with a uh, with their, their business model, which really does lean heavily on community created games. And the idea that the games are that we're making are the games that we would play ourselves that we don't think get a chance in larger venues. So um, the way that I like to think about Hunter's Entertainment is if you're looking to find a uh, like a, a new band in a shady back room kind of bar, this is this is the right venue. Um, if you're if you know, it, we don't always have all the gloss and the pomp and circumstance that we would like, but we do the best that we can with what we have and stick to our grassroots and 
I got to give a shout out real quickly to Alex Hillman, who is our community manager. Alex knows how to run a freaking Discord. And I know you are familiar with that as well, but it is the lifeline to our community. And we, um, we're very, very, very tuned in to the games that we make in relation to the people that we're making them for. So I kind of came up through uh, a long uh, history of, of kind of toying with the idea that I could do this, you know, uh, doing a lot of work out here in Hollywood, which was very uh, easily transferred back over because with the innovations that are happening in the game industry now, I've been able to really focus those skills. Um, I don't know if you saw the, um, the Ragnarok Kickstarter. Uh, I did the video uh, animation, the animatic for that. And we, we, we've found places to put those skills to use. Um, but overall, I'm just a, you know, an art kid from the, the Midwest who has grown up playing role-playing games. And I'm just really excited to, to connect with the community that plays them now and this wonderful groundswell of, of growth that we have within our industry. And I think if you're like I am and you, you go to convention, well, not anymore right now, but if you've gone to the conventions in the past couple of years, um, you've seen this, this explosion. And I'm super excited to be a part of that. You know, the unfortunate thing you talk about going to conventions in the last couple of years, because we live in Northeast Wyoming, mm -hmm. sometimes for us to go to a convention is damn near impossible because, well, we're snowed in. Mm. And we just can't get out and go to them. And I grew up in Alaska and getting to Gen Con where I grew up in the 80s and 90s was really not a thing. Mm -hmm. It just didn't happen. So, no, I, in fact, Nolan and I had talked about possibly trying to plan a trip to Gen Con last year. We were talking about it to go this year. Well that didn't happen obviously not yeah it's unfortunate <laughs> but uh i look forward to seeing you at a future gen con absolutely so obviously we brought you on here today to talk about gods of metal ragnarok and you mentioned the video and i made my my youngest son who's a hardcore gamer mm -hmm. uh role player uh, i made him sit down the other night and watch this video and he looked at me and he goes dad this looks fucking incredible. <laughs> I love hearing that. Um, yeah, we put a lot of love and, and effort into it. The The game is called Gods of Metal Ragnarok. And it is a, uh, it's a, it's a, a love letter to not only heavy metal, rock and roll, but the culture around it, just like Chris said. But I think that when we say heavy metal fantasy, we underline the fantasy. Um, this is Thundar the Barbarian. This is uh, our version of He-Man. This is She-Ra. This is uh, Metalocalypse. This has a, a, a wonderful mesh that we worked really hard to catch that we haven't really seen yet. And uh, there are a lot of really great IP out there, a lot of great properties that are, that are popping up now. And um, we're really excited to see and play those games as well. But uh, our version of Gods of Metal Ragnarok, what we've done with this, is we've created the game that allows you to create an avatar to make a persona that is bigger than life. You are immediately a demigod. And the way that I always pitch this game is um, imagine that you've been playing D&D &D for 15 years with your friends and you're finishing this long running campaign and you've got your 20th level character. Um, now imagine that we took that character and put it into a different campaign in a different setting and we started you at level zero. You're now the zero level character in a new world that is much bigger and more just explosive than anything that you could really kind of come up with an, with another system because of the mechanics. And we've cranked everything up to 11. 
So effectively, everybody walks into Ragnarok as an avatar. It is their um, penultimate form. And there are still growth arcs, but the mechanics are actually built around the idea about uh, that you you come into uh, Ragnarok being like the best version of yourself. We've stripped out a lot of the um, the baseline creation mechanics that would prevent you from ha being able to make some kind of really out there choices. If you want to play a crocodile in spandex pants that rides a skateboard and shoots lightning out of a keytar, you can do that. And if you if you came to the table and said, you know what, I want to play a dragon, we can work that out for you. Like there are uh, top level kind of, even though it says you're going to play a dragon, that doesn't sound top level. Trust us. It is a very, like, what you are is completely up to you as the player. You get to kind of create that. You get to create what that uh, looks like to you, what you uh, what you sound like, what your, your persona is. That part of it is set to the side, and we just say, okay, imagine yourself in this world of fiery towers and fields of battle, and let's immediately... Uh, get past that and start to talk about how you can then interact with your your world more directly in a mechanical sense because we do have gameplay elements that allow you to interact with other characters and obviously there are a lot of other demigods around you therefore you are going to be challenged you are going to have conflict you are going to have things that occur but our our denizens the the creatures that live and breathe in Ragnarok are varied and you're going to run across a uh, a ton of different characters. Our uh, Metal Menagerie, which is our version of the Bestiary, is going to have a lot of different challenges for you and your Metal Maestro to use. But the thing is, is that the focus always comes back to what makes you as your avatar unique, special, and powerful. The other side of that is that in our game, we have a, a dual world system. You rise up from the gray cold waste of Mundania. And Mundania is a, uh, a plane much like Ragnarok. It is a, 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 a dimension. And where Ragnarok is colorful, vibrant, uh, just absolutely vibrating with power and intensity, Mundania is the opposite of that. It is sedated. It is efficient. It is cold and quiet. And it is all about it, it, everyone is in so many ways placed into a um a vice and this plane is taking your tedium and your suffering uh from your day-to-day -day grind that they put you through that they're milking you for the energy that they need to keep sustaining their reality these outside forces and so you break out of that into ragnarok where you can unleash your true power which happens to be that of this avatar. And it's this balance that you constantly have to find between staying in Ragnarok and living your best life and picking yourself back up when you get shunted back into this gray waste. Very long answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's great. Um, I, I got a comment, though, uh, and, and go more to technical stuff when I... when. So, of course, we knew about the Kickstarter coming, and it was one of those that when it launched, um, I, I read through the Kickstarter, and it, it, 
understand there was no hesitation in funding. It was hesitation in can I afford to fund because yeah. it's been it's been a rough year, right? For everyone, so, yeah, I, we were aware. Yeah. Well, and not only that, you guys threw a a damn album in there. Yeah, and and let, let me let me be honest about that, and I'm just gonna pull back the curtain here and share with all of you how that process came through. Again, this is a love letter, and we wanted our Kickstarter to offer people something that they couldn't get normally. We wanted to give some people something that was going to be special and that um, was going to activate uh, everyone who 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 puts money into a Kickstarter. We we really do appreciate it. Um, and, it, and it does help us get these games up off the ground and into, into motion. Um, but we wanted to do something that was next tier, something that we'd never done before, something that we don't know any game company that's done that. And certainly if they have done that, they haven't done it on this level. The um, Just the, uh, the level of quality that's coming off of that Kickstarter uh, is something that we are over the moon about. And we never thought for a minute that we would really be able to pull this kind of talent into what was happening. But if I can be perfectly honest, a lot of the bands that we love aren't doing well either. A lot of the, the music industry right now, because there is no touring, there is no uh, way for them to interact or make money, uh, are doing well. And when we started to talk to um, Paul and uh, Jason Charles Miller and the, the folks that were helped us make these connections, because by the way, uh, shout out to Ivan. Ivan is the type of guy that walks into a room has already shook your hand, knows your second cousin's name, and is going to remember your name next time he runs into you three years down the line. Uh, and that's the sort of just genuine uh, person, but actually dead-on great business person that, that Ivan is. Uh, but because of the connections that we all have with the, the industry out here in L.A., we were able to tap into this really great groundswell of, of, of musical talent. And we realized that what we were doing wasn't just producing this game. We were also producing this album and it is vinyl. And a lot of the comments, and we absolutely understand this, is well, we just want digital rights, you know? Digital rights are a little tricky. We could do a vinyl for our money because again, we are a game company. We are not a multi-million dollar re recording uh, crew, you know? Like we've, we don't have that and, and there's no way for us to do that. We wish that we could, but what we were able to do was to take a uh, amazing slate of, of musicians and put together tracks that some some original, okay, first of all, which is, again, unbelievable at the level that we're talking about, right? N never before released tracks and some tracks from bands that are just, you would never think that a small grassroots game company would be able to tap into this pool of, of talent, right? We have Motorhead, Armored Saint, Fozzy, Icon for Hire, Silver Tomb, Gygax, and Bloodywood, just off the top on the one side. Additionally, we have uh, Carla, uh, or Carla Harvey, and uh, they're going to be making a, a special release track. It's not going to be available anywhere else. It's just on this vinyl. The other thing that really got us jazzed was the idea that we could take the vinyl and turn it into the Metal Maestro screen. So your actual GM screen folds out from the album and you put it in front of yourself and that's where all of your rules are. Because one of my biggest complaints as a gamer has always been, I don't have enough space on this GM screen. I actually have three other 
uh, notepads and things spread out in front of me. And my book looks like uh, it's been riddled with ribbons because I have book darts and things like that in there to try to be able to get to the right page. Um, while we aren't on the final version of the interior quite yet, uh, Chris is an amazing layout guy, but we are getting closer to it. Everything you need is right there on the inside. And then we're doing all the typical album stuff as inserts and along with some art and some other things. But the album became kind of the, the symbiotic uh, twin to the RPG that we made. And we became, as far as I understand, the, the, the first uh, full, true indie RPG-based album that went along with a product like this. And I know that there's been some albums created for some bigger properties, but certainly at this level, we are, um, we walked into the Kickstarter, we, we let it back out in the wild and we all nearly fainted from the amount of time that it took to get that kind of set up and ready. Originally, we were going to drop it in January, right? And we, we, we paused on it just a little bit because of the music stuff. And we knew what was happening. We knew that we were in the middle of a pandemic. We knew that people were going to be crunched and we did everything we could to kind of squeeze things down and that's why on the very top tier of some of our support stuff we're still altering things and putting in um digital content because we had always intended to release supporting material for ragnarok but it was all about finding the right scale and trying to balance things out because we believe that when you put a lot of money into a Kickstarter that you should get the value from it that you deserve. You should, because you're an early backer, you're an early supporter, you're the person who's helping to fund that project. You deserve something exclusively special to you as a, as a gamer that you're not going to get on a shelf somewhere. So long story short, the album became part of the deal and it was very unique and we realized that we were probably never going to be able to do that again and that this was lightning in a bottle. So we really did try to catch it. Well, that was actually what did it for me because I'm an album collector. Um, I love putting on my albums and listening to the stuff that I have. And it's there's a lot. Mm -hmm. So when I was reading through the Kickstarter and I saw the album and I saw, you know, of course, you could just back it and just get the album if you want. Yeah. I mean, if you're a music collector, we stuff. have that. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm a book and music collector. So I'm like, God, <laughs> well, so immediately I was like, okay, how can I set aside a hundred dollars so I can back this and, and was able to do that. And I'm supporting it and super excited about it. Um, like I said, this Kickstarter is Nolan and I were talking, Nolan, uh, you, you, you've mentioned it a few times. I'll let you talk a little bit about the Kickstarter. So I'll shut up. <laughs> no, I just, I think it was one of those things of, we looked at it and I've never, I haven't seen one like it, the layout, the reading it, like, you know, sometimes you say, Oh, that looks cool. That looks cool. And here I am reading like all the fine print on it. Um, the, the, as a, a salesperson, uh, it, it hooked me. I read the whole thing and it's been a long time since I've had a collector's edition, right? Like I, you know, I miss getting the stuff and the things and all the, you know, now everything's oh digital collector's edition. You get a, you know, in-game mount or, you know, you, your name yeah. goes here is like, I miss my art book. I miss my, you know, like I like stuff and this has amazing, amazing stuff. We, um, we worked so hard. Um, Caleb, Cleveland, our art director, has been nonstop, like reaching out to some of the best of the best. And again, it all comes back to this wonderful pool of talent that Hunters draws from. Um, I, you know what? I, 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 just to be honest, like 
I'm a fan and I was a fan for so long that they just finally hired me. So let me be clear about that, that I've pretty much pounded on uh, Ivan and Chris's door until they said, fine, here's a job, stop, you know? And uh, I, I suspect that, that Ivan was fully able to come to this interview, but ended up saying, no, 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 send the fan in. And so they put me up here with you guys so that I could just tell you how, what I thought about it because I won't shut up to them about it. Um, Caleb really kind of killed it as far as an art director goes. And it has really, like as, as an art guy myself, he, he, he's sought out ways to define Ragnarok. And it, it goes beyond what we start set out to do. We started out with this real clear idea of, okay, this is rock and roll metal fantasy. We want something that reverberates to us. And so all of us got together and started throwing stuff at the wall. And it, it, it turned out that we all shared a lot of the same keystones from where all this came from. And this has now morphed and, and kind of mutated into its own version of something that we never knew that we wanted so badly. If you look at some of the character, uh, we we call them positions. Um, and so let me let me quickly just kind of touch on that. The idea that when you create a character, again, like I said earlier in my introduction, you can be whatever you want. If you want to play a minotaur, great. You know that's that's not a choice that's mechanical. That's okay. You're a minotaur. You're you're a bull person. That's fine. Um, but what we do is we ask you to take on a role, and those roles are adjacent to these uh, these tra more traditional fantasy roles. So you 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 do have touchstones. This isn't so far removed that you're going to be you know learning a brand new language. But the, the the places that we deviate, we deviate really far off the map here. So the idea that you and your equipment are sort of bonded together. Everybody's got a sort of gray skull, you know? So what is your sort of gray skull? It doesn't have to be a sword. It could be a lawnmower or a guitar, or, you know, it could be a companion or something like that. But you've got all these elements that you start bringing together to empower yourself. And Caleb as the art director started going out to these different, um, these different artists that we knew and they all started to kind of contribute to this, this pyre of metal, right? And everybody's got these different ideas about what it is. And we knew that we were going to have a certain number of gods and that each god was going to hit the tone of a version of metal, right? You've got death and doom and black metal and uh, hair metal. So it's the glam rock stuff. All of that was going to be embodied by one of these deities that we were going to create. And then we, we, of course, had to define these deities and who they are. And again, if you look at that Kickstarter page, we've already made band posters for each of them. And we've fleshed out a world around how these gods have come together to defeat something known as the silence. And the silence is our world problem. It is what is going to take down the, the, the majesty of Ragnarok unless you as an avatar are not only able to stop it, but to take your place among these gods. So again, talking 20th level D&D, what did we all do? We all went in and we said, you know what? We're going to kill the gods. We're going to become the gods ourselves. So that is, I mean, like in a nutshell, where this goes. And we have so much visual uh, information that we've put together ahead of where we're at. Um, we still have work to do on the book, and we still have work to do on the rule set, but we've done a number of playtests. 
And every time that we have, we've found that these unique twists that we kind of keep spinning on it have allowed us to create something that we wish we would have had when we were young little metalheads, you know, uh, back in the day, uh, trying trying to figure out how to horribly break some of these other RPGs. I look at all the art and every time I see is I just feel like I need to go buy a van and <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like every single picture, I'm like, it, it hits yeah. home on so many things. And, and when you're talking about your avatar and creating that kind of stuff, when I was reading through it, it was like, you know, I felt like I was making a wrestler. And then I saw the art or the saw the album and I saw Fozzie and Chris Jericho. And I was just like, yeah, like I, I, I'm in, I'm on board. Like, let's do this. It depends on kind of like what your, what your focus is too. So like, like you said, a wrestler, well, there, we, we got, if you want to talk a little mechanics, we got rid of uh, attributes because they were frankly slowing us down. And again, we didn't want to defy because the assumption is You've all got 30 in every stat, you know, the, the, the assumption is, is that you've already hit, you know, you've hit it, but there are levels. So some avatars are 29, some avatars are 30. We don't need to mechanically represent that. You represent that through the story. But if you want to be weaker in something or have certain flaws, there are places to do that. Um, the, the thing is, is that when we were creating this, we wanted it to be fast and determined by a kinetic energy. We didn't want to slow down uh, the the gameplay narrative process. Um, and at the same time, we didn't want to do a diceless RPG. So what we ended up creating is this synthesis where if, you, if you're familiar with Hunter's properties, you're going to pick up Altered Carbon, you're going to pick up Outbreak Undead, and you're going to find a lot of crunch. Um, and while we do love crunch, this game is smooth as silk, and it is meant to be very, very intuitive. So I, if someone was looking for a beginner project project or a uh, product from Hunter's Entertainment, um, I'd probably put this into their hands first and foremost. And then once they got into this, ease them into some of the, the, the more complicated game systems, even though I love them and even though they all have um, beginner modes and things that allow people to kind of smoothly transition into that gameplay. I feel like this is a good, uh, not necessarily a trap, um, but you grab some extra people that may never give a tabletop game a chance and you bring them in with this game. And so you want, you know, we're, we're sticking the hooks in you. Wow, that's a cool story. You guys do this all the time. Yeah, come back to our table. Let's make it as smooth as possible to make sure that that, that they do show up again. And, and again, you, you pass them the, the, the hook along and, and get more people playing. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? It's a, it's a gaming is a, uh, uh, community transmissible gift right like it's the kind of thing where it's a social undertaking and 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 the purpose of it is for us all to have a, a, a meaningful storytelling interaction with one another to socialize to imagine together to um you know live a shared experience and um the more that we can do that then we've succeeded you know i mean it, no matter what game you're playing it boils down to um, communicating and sharing with 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 friends, right? So currently, the the game is funded at seventy three thousand five hundred thirty nine dollars. This is as I'm looking at the that, Kickstarter. You know more than I do. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I haven't checked uh, it this morning. 
<laughs> the initial ask was, of course, 20000 And Chris had mentioned that's pretty standard, that mm-hmm. 20000 is where we do it. Um, and I think I see that on a lot of gaming companies. And at, at this point, uh, there's three stretch goals that have been unlocked. Guitar picks, extra art in the vinyl, and then the art for the um, for the gods. Uh, what, can, what stretch goals are you most excited uh, and are hopeful that get unlocked? Wow, talk about traps. Um, yeah, so... There are a couple of things that are coming that we haven't even released yet. We wanted to have some backer goals, and I think it we're pretty close to 1,000, aren't we? Uh, I am too new to this company for me to uh, spoil that m- moment, so I'm not going to say anything. Uh, because as enthusiastic as I am, somebody might want my head if I talk too far on that. There are a couple of things that are going to change once we hit our backer mark. And when that happens... I think you're going to see a lot more of that digital content that I was talking about. Um, you know what? I'm just going to talk a little bit about some of it. The We have... Careful. Some, we don't want you to lose no, your head. No, 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 no. I don't need it. Uh, I don't use it half the time anyway. We we have some, some really great digital um, incentives that we're adding on to it that are going to increase, I think, the 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 gamer value you know the 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 idea that you're getting this and all this we didn't want to just make it all oh, but here's all that digital stuff that you would get anyway that stuff was coming we have it but we are real super excited about rockapelago and i i think that rockapelago um i don't know how much of the story i can tell you but there's uh we've we've activated a writer and a couple of other writers who i think you're all going to be pretty familiar with um that are going to be jumping on to help us bring this project home we haven't announced them all yet, so stay tuned for that. But Rockapelago is a specific module that's going to be released, and it's going to offer you uh, an insight into a new part of Ragnarok, which is um, the uh, it's it's the Isles of Rye, and this is going to be a very specific uh, tuned module that is based around a specific type of metal and how you can then interact with the worlds and the denizens in the specific world setting. And it's gonna give you everything you need to run that one part, that one adventure. So it's world setting, it's additional NPCs and characters, character creation items that specifically relate to that section, all the typical stuff that you would expect from a module, right? Um, However, alongside that, we are crafting a number of uh, digital items such as tokens and maps. And I'm a big, like, if you're an art nerd, the way that I'm an art nerd, I'm a really big fan of doing, and obviously all of us have no choice right now. We're doing digital, we're doing virtual tabletops or nothing for the most part. So uh, while this um, unfortunate situation continues, giving people the tools that they need to create the most engaging, immediately um, uh, appropriate visual setting for their Ragnarok games. And uh, those those things are coming. So right off the bat, I would say some of our digital content. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, and, and I know I was looking at some of the stretch goals that that like at ninety thousand, it looks like there's a, an original. But it says want some music to fill the backgrounds of your game. Red Zone Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven uh, has offered to make a sixty minute soundtrack to really set the mood for your games. I mean, there's some really neat stretch goals that 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 hopefully we get to see unlocked very soon. Because I know, like I said, we're excited about this game because it just it looks unlike anything we've ever seen before. And holy shit, that's cool. Yeah, the Resodrone uh, soundtrack is almost 
there. We're almost there. That's our next big goal. And when Resadrone unlocks, that's uh, just for, for people who aren't familiar, um, that's uh, Jason Charles Miller and some other bandmates that are coming together to create a specific soundtrack. And if you liked what, I don't, I think it's already been released, but if you like what was done for Altered Carbon and some of the other RPG stuff, as far as like creating background tracks, this is going to be available. And the Resadrone stuff, I believe is going to be digital. We also have a, a CD. Uh, you get a CD of uh, additional bands and tracks that we're putting together that is more kind of the offering that you would think you would get from this sort of a project um, because it is, it is honestly, it's it's lower tier. I, I don't want to say lower tier. It's, it's bands that uh, didn't make the cut for the vinyl. You know what I'm saying? Like bands that are really good that are, out there but maybe they're newer maybe they don't have a huge following we also have a tier where if you're a band and you want to throw a track onto that uh cd and just get your music out in front of people that's something you can do so if there are any rpg based bands out there that want to just throw it onto an album and and get some uh, traction by having it in ear holes that haven't perhaps heard their music before that that's a way to do it um and i'm super excited to kind of see what ends up uh, cooking on all of that because while we are taking some community submissions, it's a CD. We're going to fill this up with everything that we have so that when you're playing Ragnarok, you've got all of this great music. And if you're not a metal fan, we're going to introduce you to stuff that is going to help you understand the world and the tone right off the bat. And you're going to be able to then use that as a, uh, a CD that you can use at any point. Granted, the vinyl, you're going to have to have a record player to actually play it. But if you if you haven't picked one up already, I can tell you right now, any big box uh, retail store has them. They're pretty dirt cheap now. You just get one of the little portable ones that that uh, folds up. And I know that's an extra buy ask, but um, perhaps when days are a little sunnier, that that <clears throat> that would be possible. Nolan, I've been dominating, so I'll go ahead and throw it back to you. Well, I, I think just kind of the question I have is, you, you said it's streamlined, you said it's simple, I want to pick it up, I see a stack of D4s, what does it mean? Yeah. Like, that's not enough dice, I have a bag full of them, I can tell you that's not enough dice, prove me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So D4s are uh, the core um, die that we lean on for determination within Ragnarok. And really, we, we have simplified this as much as possible. And I know that there is a lot of actual crunchy math that's around why D4s uh, are weaker than using like a D8. And to be honest, D4s are the most metal of options that we had available to us. We wanted the dice that looked like it could hurt you the most. And this is one of our official Kickstarter dice. These things are Caltrops. Like, why would we not focus on the Caltrop? They're the they're the most they're dangerous worse than Legos. Yeah, they're the most dangerous die on the table. That's the most metal die. Also, the most underrated die. So it's the underdog. That's metal too. D8, we like you just fine. We ended up choosing D12 for our initiative system, which I'll talk about in a minute too. But D4 was our 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 uh, our winner with a with a silver bullet as far as how we were going to go further with this. And so what you do in Ragnarok is you're, you're constantly building triumphs and you're trying to get rid of feedback. Those are the, that's the key slider abilities uh, that you as an avatar are going to hold. And as you roll dice, you're building up pools. And the more successes that you gain, 
the more that it feeds into your group. So what I loved, and this was like, when we were talking about it, this is the thing that always gets me really excited about Ragnarok as far as a game goes and as far as mechanics go. This game is optimized around the idea that you're playing at a table with others. It is cooperative. You can hate each other. You can beat each other's throats. You can kick the shit out of each other. We don't care. But the truth of the matter is, is that you're a band. Whoever you're at that table with, that is your band. And as we all know from rock history, bands don't have to like each other. And so what you're doing is you're trying to build up synergies. Uh, we, we call them harmony. And, and so you harmonize with one another. And so when you're rolling your initiative, when you're rolling your tributes and you start adding them up, you have a pool that the entire table shares. And so you build up these successes, which are fours, or failures, which are ones. And two and three is a wash. They do have some mechanical effects, but for the most part, we don't care. I mean, technically this is a coin flip here, right? But then we add X number of coin flips based on how many skill points you have or how many other uh, effects are being used within the space. And then you start to synergize. So this real simple binary math system becomes fun and complicated in the sense that you are choosing what stacks with what. And so it's a matching game. And I'm saying, okay, well, I'm gonna use this ability and you know, Jimmy over here is gonna use this and Sally over here is gonna use this. And on our initiative, we rolled this, this, and this. So knowing that Jimmy and I both operate on an eight, well, that means that I can use our synergies, which gives us an opportunity to double all of our tributes or whatever that rule might be, right? And so you're stacking powers, not only from your pool of resources, but from everybody at the table. So you work best in Ragnarok when you not only know what you can do, but what you know when you know exactly what the people at the table with you can do and how your powers work together because those combos make something completely new. And so while you may know what your power does here, you know, to take that example again, Jimmy might have, uh, you know, a, a water-based power. And now you're mixing water and lightning. And so that's going to create a completely different result based on your uh, harmonizing with another person at the table. So you're collecting all of these um, tributes and you're trying to put them into use as best as you can. But as you roll ones, you're constantly building up feedback. And when your feedback track is full, you immediately get shunted back to Mundania. And so you go from being this glorious, epic, heavy metal god back into a poor, put-upon um, drone in a gray society that has no flavor or life to it whatsoever. And it's worse than hell. It's worse than purgatory. It is the absence of anything exciting, which you would think, why would I want to role play in that? Trust me, it's hilarious. Um, as you have to describe what you go through to try to build up enough fury to thrust yourself and your spirit back into that plane. I really like the uh, the character sheet example of a video clerk at Cockbluster. Yeah, that is Caleb's character. Um, so our art director, and he he has been drawing these little sketches for us, and we absolutely love it. But. We wanted our character sheet to look and feel like an old school character sheet from other RPGs, but we also love the idea of shitty 
and I'm not saying this is shitty art. This is actually amazing art. But like uh, giving people a place where they can put just little scratches and doodles. Like we want to encourage people to visualize and create what their avatar looks like, even if you're not a good artist. In fact, that's even better, you know, because like you have a notebook and that's why the um, uh, Ragnarok uh, Kickstarter video is the way that it is. We all had that notebook that we just filled with ideas and little drawings of what we would look like if we were on G.I. Joe or if we had the powers of Skull. Like, what would we have looked like? That's what this game is to us. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of... I get a lot of the feeling of, the like, in the 80s, there was a lot of DIY stuff for the bands that were on the strip or at CBGBs. And, you know, the punk movement had all these DIY albums and, and posters and, and stuff. When I look at this Kickstarter that feeling just rips right through me. I look at some of that stuff and it brings me back to, cause I'm a huge music nerd. And so seeing some of this stuff, I'm like, Oh man, you are truly just plucking at my heartstrings here. Uh, I think, yeah, we all kind of came up in that zone and like, we knew that that was where we wanted to stay. Like we, we didn't, we knew that we couldn't do gloss at a certain level. And just like any of those smaller bands, what do you do? You replace it with creativity and hard work, you know? And you grind, you do what you can. And um, I mean, that's hunters to a T in my mind. Yeah, it's, this looks exciting. And, and of course it's already funded on Kickstarter, which is awesome. And I'm trying to get back to the Kickstarter real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, either way, no matter what, at this point, if you back, you're getting a, you're getting a product that's you know mission accomplished, but we have so much down here. Like we, we, we didn't hide our goals. We weren't going to be cagey about it. We just threw up everything that we had in the, in the, in the canister. We've got some, um, just amazing stuff cooking as those, uh, rewards start to come in and it builds on the other pledges and it starts to improve even some of the base pledges as far as what it is. But we didn't want to have tiers that were either, or we really did want to offer the best value possible right up at the front. That's why the album GM screen wasn't unlocked. That's why that was just there because we didn't want that to be like, a, well, if we get this and that was, that was risky given the fact that, you know, these bands, even though they're coming at us and, and being so supportive and, and really getting involved with this project on a, a fraction of what they're used to, um, they are still, uh, it's still, we have to dedicate a certain amount of resources to that. That's not just happening in a vacuum. So we knew that that album was going to come out and that what it was going to do was it was going to increase the value. It was going to increase the price, but it was going to increase the value. And we didn't want to make that something that was tiered. We wanted to offer that up at the most uh, reasonable value that we possibly could and to put it out there. I mean, you know, we have have sweated bullets over how each of these elements kind of come together to offer you the most value possible. And we're really proud of what we hit upon. But as I said earlier, um, we have some really great surprises coming, especially when we hit that 1000 backer mark. Great. Well, and we're sitting at 923 backers currently, so we're 77 <laughs> backers away. 70, 70 people listening so to this better great. get on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and what I was going to say is there's 15 days left to go in this. It's already, like we said earlier, it's 73,539. Yep. I think it's actually gone up since we've been talking. Um, so obviously this is this is going to this is going to happen, and Hunters has a great history of making their projects come to life. Uh, 
I, I don't know how anybody can't be excited. I mean, again, Nolan, had, we were sitting at work. We both work together. And we're sitting at work, and he reads this Kickstarter, and he's kind of reading it aloud because we're right across from each other to me. And I'm like, dude, just listening to you describe each individual level is exciting. And and that I feel like that $100 mark where you get the book, the stretch goals, and the album, especially if you're a vinyl and a book collector like me, which sucks when you're moving. <laughs> <Yeah>. But... <laughs> uh, that's really the best bang for your buck right there is at that hundred bucks. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we, we were very conscious about how that was all going to come down and, and what you would get. Um, at the $150 tier, you get the deluxe edition, which is going to have a special leatherette cover. So if you really want something that's going to um, sit on your shelf well, I, I'm certainly that nerd where if I can get the nice leatherette version of a book, I always go for that. But um yeah, I agree with you. At the $100 level, when you think about it, RPG book plus actual album GM screen, that's that's an absolute bargain. Uh, any way you shake it out, because you're getting a lot of value. If you're a vinyl collector, you know how expensive that stuff becomes, especially if it's an exclusive album that has a limited pressing. And this is a limited pressing. So it may be a collector's item that if it's, you know, something that you're not really interested in, it might be something that you can turn around and, and find a place for uh, on, in the aftermarket where you'd be able to resell it if you so chose. But that's not the purpose. The purpose is to give you some freaking metal so that you can enjoy it and really just dig the hell into it um, along with a GM screen. And I can't tell you, like, we, we came upon that and I've been looking at Chris's designs for the interior and... Um, it's the right size for a GM screen. I, I don't know how anybody does it with less because otherwise prints are really small and you're sitting there, you're digging around. You don't really use it the way you want to use it. Let's be honest. Most people use their GM screens to hide when they lie. That's the reason right, that they're exactly. there. Exactly. You know, and that's okay, but we give you more space to lie behind. I think that the question I have for people and and it is uh, you're, you're in the business, you're doing it. Uh, it's a silly question now because you are clearly passionate about it. Do, do you get to find time to play yourself? I've seen some of your guys' videos. It looks like you DM mm -hmm. and run some stuff. Um, how important is that to make sure that it's not all work and, and, and takes out any of that passion, um, but still do it and get your hands on it? I mean, you guys, again, you've come across completely passionate. It's been fun talking to you. So that's something that we see not going away. But uh, does it, is it ever a drag? Is it Or is it just always awesome? Well, um yeah, I would lie to you if I said it wasn't sometimes a drag. It's work. And you always have to put a lot of effort into the things that you want. Otherwise, it wouldn't be work. Um, but there's something to be said about the truth in uh, do something you enjoy and you'll never work a day in your life. Um, and I feel that with, with this, for me at least, I have found that every single day has brought me something unexpected and that I've discovered something new. I do run uh, the Twitch programming that we have created for Hunters Entertainment, and I feel super passionately about the intersection of uh, video content and gaming, and especially game design. We're starting to see it now, and it's something that we're certainly working towards, which is the evolution of the, um, the idea of what a game can be based on the video content and the tools that we have available to us. And I think that in the next few years, we're gonna see even more evolution in that zone. We wanna be at the forefront of that. We're actually partnering with um, Foreteller. We've created a Scry application. If you're unfamiliar with that, I highly recommend you check out our Twitch channel. Um, but I run Outbreak Rag and Bone, 
on Tuesday nights on Twitch at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And that game, uh, if you're familiar with Outbreak, uh, it is zombie survival apocalyptic nightmares for days. And it is a, a dark and gloomy world, but I'll tell you what, we create some amazing stories, nail-biting drama, um, spine-chilling horror, and more importantly, we find the uh, cathartic hope in the through line for all of it. So um, we've created a system where we've kind of been playing back and forth. And I find my passion in uh, game mastering more often than not. I do like being a player, but crafting stories, doing it in a collective setting and sharing that with others is really where I've, I, I get my, um, I get the, the juice that I need to be able to keep moving forward. Like it fuels my tank when I'm at a table with friends uh, or strangers even and play a game and realize that uh, everyone is involved and we've lost time. You know, when you're when you're in the middle of a game and you and everything's going well, you're rolling dice, you're talking about a situation, everybody's tuned in at the same moment and you realize that 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 has happened. Like that's the thing that we work towards, which is this spark. And um, if I can get that, you know, I get it. I'm going to have to, some days I'm going to be editing stuff and like ripping through 30 pages of text, trying to find the, uh, the, the, the parts that don't work so that I can pull that out, fix it, put it back in. Or I'm, I'm, I'm working with Caleb and trying to, to get an art piece right. And we can't seem to find the right email or the right person to do the art. And so that becomes a slog. Or we're talking about minutia, you know, when you're running both a Twitch channel and uh, uh, some design elements as well, you really do have to be conscious that at the end of the day, it is a business. You do have to make money off of it, but you have to do it in a socially conscious way. And so you want to make sure that the value is there, but you can't completely blow the budget and work all nighters all the time and expect, you know, that it's never going to pay off. You have to really put yourself into it passionately and be aware of what your end goals are. I, I find that the best thing that you can do, though, is keep coming back to the thing that brought you there in the first place, which for me is sitting at the table. Knox, we've kept you for about an hour now, which I'm sure just based on your passion and our <laughs> love for gaming, we could probably talk to you all day long about it. I could stuff. easily, um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I do want to ask, um, because we are getting to the point, and, and actually, if there's anybody in, in Twitch chat that would like to ask Knox a question, please do so, because we'd love to throw that at him and let him answer those. Um, what are some projects, aside from Ragnarok, that you're working on that you can tell us about? Yeah, let me think about that for just a second, because I have to think about what's been cleared. Um, so I do want to say we have some background um, tricks up our sleeves. We've got some new stuff that's coming out too. We didn't want to inundate people. Again, it's a tricky time. You know, we're all in the middle of a pandemic. So we're very conscious about trying to put out product that has high value, uh, the, the, the most uh, economically reasonable cost that we can offer, right? And still stay alive and make sure everybody's feeding their kids and whatnot. But um, we do have things that are coming through the, the, the pipe right now that are going to be coming out Sooner rather than later, we're, we don't want to inundate people. We're really focused on Ragnarok as it is. However, um, to kind of expand on what I was talking about a moment ago, Foreteller is a group that we have a partnership with where we are building this interactive system that ties into our Outbreak game. That system is the basis for community play. And what I mean by community play is 
I want to run, I want to game master, a game that not only takes place amongst the four or five players that I bring to the table who are all, you know, internal uh, tabletop personalities. I, I, I always, I'm always cautious to say tabletop stars or anything like that, because um, most of the folks that we run with don't even think about themselves that way. You know, um, even the, the biggest names that you can think of are still just our friends chilling out and hanging out. We're, we're just like, and they would treat you the same way too if they found you on a convention floor. That's one of the things I love about the tabletop industry is that there are very few walls, right? So the idea that we would bring people to the table that are uh, activating these characters that are part of a world and a campaign setting that you were a part of. So if you're familiar with D&D West March's uh, campaigns, um, we have... Uh, I played them just nonstop back in the day. Uh, I've unraveled that idea even further, and we've started to think how we can digitally activate things that would allow our hunters community to start to play characters of their own in the zombie apocalypse that I'm running on Twitch every Tuesday. So you'll generate a baseline character sheet, which will have, it, you, it's gonna be different than what you would expect from an RPG, but you're gonna be generating a character sheet. You interact with our scry program, which allows you to allocate time that you collect while watching our uh, streams, and then use that time to uh, spend specific elements and buy resources, and then allocate those resources to communities. We're about to release our map. If you're not familiar with what we do from Free Content Friday, you can go on to Drive-Through RPG right now, and you can download absolutely for free um, uh, a, a primer for Outbreak Undead Rag and Bone, along with some Kids on Bike stuff, or I'm sorry, I think it's Kids on Brooms, Kids on Broom stuff that we put out, which again, fan of Hunters, but let me say, you know, they put out, Rain or Shine, we put out a uh, a set of free RPG modules every single month on drive-thru that cost you absolutely nothing, uh, trying to give you as much value as possible. So fi find those, but the um, specifically the Outbreak Rag and Bone stuff that we're doing is going to dovetail into this wider and wider growth of community activation. And you can find us on our Discord if you want to learn a little bit more. We're going to be releasing some behind-the-scenes bits and pieces about that. But the idea that I can run a table for you know a few hundred of our closest friends at the same time and have everybody activate different communities... So as you gain these time resources, you spend them and you're going to determine who in this world is living and who's dying and what communities have the walls built and what communities have enough medical care. And you're going to be shuffling your resources around. You're going to be a part of a community and you're going to get to determine exactly what happens within our campaign setting while we're doing it live on Twitch in front of you. That is awesome. We're really excited and we've been working super hard on it. And again, there's, there's, uh, you know, our, our Twitch channel is kind of becoming an entity of its own and we're looking at new ways to do this. So if you love Hunter's products and you want to start playtesting or you want to get more involved, the first thing I would say is just find our Discord, look up Alex Hillman, who is, uh, like, like I said, the absolute master of, of the community management world and knows how to immediately get people tethered together but we've got spots at virtual tables right now you can come in and help us even develop things like ragnarok we're setting up to do some play testing right now with our community 
And we're even going to be bringing people onto our Twitch channel with community plays initiatives. So if you uh, are not camera shy and you don't mind being out there, um, we're looking to actually just bring in the community that we're making these games for and literally have them just play some games so that everybody can get involved. That's that's great because that's actually something Nolan and I have talked about, especially, you know, again, two gamers in Northeast Wyoming. Yeah. Where it's so hard to to get connected with other people and to learn about these things. That is absolutely something that I would imagine we would both be 100 percent interested in. Yeah, well, please find yourself over there. We'd love to have you. That would be great. Nolan, uh, do you, I'm, I'm just blown away, Knox, because this has just been so much fun. Mm -hmm. Nolan, do you have any questions? I don't. Uh, again, uh, rambling aside, you know, it's been fantastic uh, talking to you. The passion comes through. That's a consistent thing with people that we've met in uh, that, that do what you guys are doing. Uh, you care about the community. You, yeah. you, you care about, you know, again, like you said, the financial side, it's not all money grabbing. It's listen, we're, we're trying to do something. We want value. We also want to feed our family, but we don't want you to starve yours. Uh, the Kickstarter looks great. I'm excited to play it. I think I can get more people into that game that have never played before. And again, my goal is also to just kind of hook people in. Oh, you think that's fun? Come check this one out. You think that's fun? <laughs> Come try this one. Like we're, we're peddling candy to kids over here, but, uh, Thanks for being on the show, man. I'm absolutely happy to be here. Thank you. And Knox, I, I guess that's that's that that's a great way to end this. Um, again, thank you so much for being here, guys. If you want to check out the Kickstarter, in fact, you not not want to go check out the Kickstarter. Please. Even if you just read it to see, yeah, just read it to see what we're talking about. This thing is fantastic. You need to check out this Kickstarter. Watch the video, and if you can't see Tenacious D playing this yeah. game, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. Oh man, uh, pie in the sky. <laughs> we. Uh... <laughs> we hope that it gets into their hands at some point. We uh, we would love to see what they do with it. That would be something else. Um, Knox, thank you so much for coming today. We really appreciate it. And everybody in chat, thank you so much for joining us. It's been so much fun. This has been a great experience, a great weekend for us, because we were able to talk uh, Tolis yesterday with Sean Reynolds. We were able to talk Altered Carbon with Chris this morning. And and now God's of Ragnarok with you today. This is this has just been a great weekend. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, no. And again, I really do appreciate it. Um, if you want to find me on social media, you can find me at Eaten by Potchkey. And uh, I also recommend that you check out uh, Hunter's Int, which is uh, Hunter's Entertainment social media as well. You can you can definitely kind of keep uh, the pulse on what's happening in our world through those uh, those mediums. That's great. Th everybody, thank you so much for joining us in chat. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, that is our show for this week. So thanks, everybody. Bye.